voice of liberty for a new generation. I am your uh, humble host today, Caleb Franz. Uh, thank you, thank you for tuning in. This is the community of liberty lovers that will change the future and will restore freedom throughout the world. And I thank you for being part of that experience. I thank you for being part of that uh, this this audience. And I hope to earn your your stay here on on this program. You always have have a home here at Mill Liberty. Uh, today we're going to talk about partisanship. Today we're going to talk about um, the two-party system. If is it really a two-party system? I mean, come on, it's it's more like one party, right? Um, and we're going to talk about third parties. Uh, but first, I'm going to tell you a little bit about refined right. Politics, style, class. With refined right, we are bringing you news and entertainment, politics and style, through long-form journalism. If you're tired of the negative stories pushed by other publications, then you understand our vision. Enough squabble, let's have a discussion. Be sure to check out Refined Right at refinedright.com. Okay, so I don't know about you. I did not watch the debate. I listened to it, but I did not watch it. Uh, the vice presidential debate, which was, of course, Tuesday, October 4th. Last night for myself, as of this recording, two nights ago for when you were listening to it. I thought that there was a I thought that there was a major contrast between listening to it on radio and watching it on television. I thought that was interesting. It reminded me almost of Nixon and and Kennedy. How everybody who listened to it thought that Nixon won, but everybody who watched the debate thought that Kennedy won. And I, I got a little bit of the same feel from that uh, because I noticed that a lot of people who watched it on TV said Mike Pence won hands down. And these are people who I respect and I trust. Um, so I don't see any reason to defy their way of thinking. But I did listen to it on radio because I had a meeting yesterday and um, I was coming back home around that time. And it sounded to me like Tim Kaine won. And that was interesting. But what was more interesting was the third man out. What was more interesting was who was not there. As was the case in the first presidential debate. And as we will see in the second presidential debate upcoming here on Sunday, I believe. And that is, of course, Gary Johnson and Bill Weld. And that is what I want to discuss today. Not necessarily the debate, because, let's face it, you've heard plenty of things about the uh, debate so far. I want to talk about who is not there. Whether that's good or whether that's bad, there's, there's reasons to believe both. And the idea of third parties in general. We're going to break down partisanship today. Third parties, Gary Johnson, Bill Weld, oh my, I, I am not supporting Gary Johnson, personally. If you do, that's great. Uh, that's more power to you. 
However, I personally am not supporting Gary Johnson. I do not believe he is the right messenger of liberty that we need to send to Washington, D.C. to move forward the idea of, of liberty and to move forward the idea of, of libertarian principles. Uh, I don't like Bill Weld because he's just, he's a statist, basically. But I do think that they should have had a spot on the debate. Because all this is doing is, A, creating more hatred toward the two-party system, which that might not be that bad of a thing, but it's creating more division, it's creating more of a distrust of the political process, and it's shutting out voices that otherwise, I believe, more Americans are closer in line with, um, with one of the third party candidates than they are with either of the two major party candidates. Of course, you're going to have your loyal Republicans and your loyal Democrats who will always toe the party line, but I think that shutting out these voices, only giving America two options, is never, ever healthy. I think that if you want a true democratic process and a democratic republic, because that's what we are, we're not a democracy, we're a republic, if you want a true democratic process in this republic, then you have to have an equal representation of the mixture and diversity of ideas and opinions that many Americans hold. Life is not set in two choices. You will never ever find life in only two choices. Unless, ironically, government has a hand in it. And that is the case in the free market, when it becomes a little less free, and government decides, you know what, I'm going to stick my, my finger in here, for the common good, of course. But then what ends up happening is that the powerful companies end up getting a virtual monopoly. Well, that seems to be what has happened with the political process. Right now, the two most powerful parties have a stranglehold on the political system. I would love to see that stranglehold break open. And quite honestly, this, out of any other year, would have been the year for a third-party candidate, such as a libertarian candidate, less likely a Green Party, but even then so, more likely than any other year, this would have been that year. This was supposed to be the easiest year for Republicans <laughs> to win the White House. You're going up against a criminal, an unlikable one at that. It was supposed to be so easy for Republicans if they just picked somebody who actually believed in the ideas that the Republican Party is supposed to stand for. Well, they didn't, as we all know. They picked another liberal Democrat from New York. While that's a little depressing, it's also very good because you have this fantastic opportunity for libertarians to rise up and break apart the two-party system at this point. 
because the hate between both major party candidates are at all-time highs. Nobody likes Donald Trump, and nobody likes Hillary Clinton, as they rightfully should not like them. But then the Libertarians went and picked Gary Johnson. Now, I have no doubt that Gary is a good man and has a good heart, but he is not the messenger for liberty that we need. But I will defend Gary Johnson whenever it comes to somebody like the President of the United States, Barack Obama, or Donald Trump and all of his supporters, saying if, if you vote for Gary Johnson, you are throwing your vote away. Or how about this one? If you vote for Gary Johnson, or Jill Stein for that matter, you are actually voting for the candidate that I don't like. We've all heard that before, right? That's a bunch of BS. If you are voting for Gary Johnson, then that's a vote for Gary Johnson. If you are voting for Jill Stein, then that's a vote for Jill Stein. A vote for Jill Stein is not a vote for Donald Trump. A vote for Gary Johnson, likewise, is not a vote for Hillary Clinton. A vote for any third party candidate is a vote for just that one candidate. You see, politicians try to use this as an excuse to influence your way of thinking, to shame you into thinking for their candidate that they otherwise couldn't get you to vote for. This is what happens when, when the two major parties pick the worst of the, of the crop, and they've been doing this year after year after year after year, Instead of vote, you know, instead of uh, instead of nominating somebody who could actually win with with wide support from everybody in the country, it's just mostly holding your nose and saying, "Ooh, I don't like this guy, but I like the other one even less." They're shaming you by saying, "If you don't like Hillary Clinton." That's okay, but Donald Trump is so much worse, so if you vote for Gary Johnson or Jill Stein, you're actually giving the election to Donald Trump, which is hilarious because Donald Trump supporters are saying the exact same thing. They're saying 100% the exact same thing. So which is it? If I vote for Gary Johnson, which I do not believe I will, I do not believe that um, we should be putting that much emphasis on, on, the, on the president itself and be focusing on other areas in the political process, but that's a, that's a discussion for another day. If I vote for Gary Johnson, it will be because he has earned my vote. See, politicians don't want to earn your vote anymore. This, in part, is our fault because we continue to allow them to do this. We continue to say, well, you know, I don't like this guy, but he's the lesser evil. He's the lesser of two evils. So, in part, this is, this is something that we have already, you know, put upon us. However, a politician is not entitled to your vote just because you lean a certain way. And they should never, ever try to shame or scare you into voting for your candidate.
let me make this very, very clear. It is a very dangerous precedent to vote for somebody just because you like the other candidate less. Voting for the, quote, lesser evil is still evil. And it's a very dangerous precedent. That is what gave us Donald Trump. That, mind you, is also what gave us Barack Obama. Now it has given us Hillary Clinton. Because nobody on either side of the political process is putting their foot down. Now, this year we have seen more people do it more than ever. However, it's not enough. This year we see millions of Americans putting aside their principle, putting aside their their common sense and saying, well, you know what? The other one's so much worse, I just can't let that happen. I just cannot let Hillary Clinton win, so I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. I just cannot let, let Donald Trump um, get his hands on the nuclear codes, so I'm just going to have to vote for Hillary Clinton. You see what the problem is? The problem is, is that we think we know which one is the worst evil. Sometimes, and I believe this is what this is honestly the case this time, there comes a point where there is no lesser evil. There comes a point where sometimes Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump are equally as bad. Maybe not in the same areas. Maybe Hillary Clinton is worse on, say, certain foreign policy areas. Um, she's worse on maybe, say, the Second Amendment. But then Donald Trump has his, his skeletons in his closet, and he might be worse on, say, uh, the Eighth Amendment or the Fourth Amendment. You can't just pick and choose which rights and which parts of the Constitution you want to uphold and defend. Because both of these individuals are going to completely tear apart very key and very important aspects of it. And why do I say that? Because we still have the separation of powers, right? I say that because we have put so much of an emphasis on the presidency that even if, uh, even if we didn't entirely agree with it, we're not going to start doing anything to stop it. Because we're going to, our knee-jerk reaction is to give all the power that we have given to Barack Obama and give it to Donald Trump. That's not the solution to the problem. The solution to the problem is taking the power itself away from the executive. Congress has to take back its power. Not only that, the states have to take back their power. The local level, the community level, the most basic places where change actually happens. They must take back their power. Counties, towns, communities. Donald Trump will not restore federalism. Not one bit. And neither will Hillary Clinton. 
and that's a problem. That is what voting against something gets you. That is why I am never Trump, and that's why I'm never Clinton, never Hillary. Because I'm not going to vote for one of the other candidates just because I'm against the other one. If somebody is going to get my name beside theirs, then they are going to earn it. Now, luckily, there are plenty of candidates down the ballot who I believe have earned my my vote. But it's not at the top of the ticket. I will likely be writing somebody in when it comes to that. But no politician is entitled to your vote. And if Gary Johnson has earned your vote, then you should vote for Gary Johnson. Well, he hasn't exactly earned mine, especially recently. Don't let anybody tell you that you should be ashamed of yourself because you are handing this election to Hillary Clinton. As soon that's that's the first thing I remember uh, uh, Bobby Jindal whenever he dropped out for presidency and then he came back on Sean Hannity. Call Sean Hannity when he came back on Sean Hannity and uh, and explained why he is is now endorsing the Republican, the presumptive Republican nominee. He said it's because if I I have my problems with him. And I laid it out as eloquently as I could. If you don't vote for Donald Trump, you're throwing your vote away. And that's one more to Hillary Clinton. I want to know what the, the mental process is there because... Because if you don't give your vote to Donald Trump and you don't vote for Hillary Clinton, then neither one of them gets your vote. If they're having a, a deficit of votes on both the left and the right, because that's what Bobby Jindal says, that's what Newt Gingrich says, that's what Sean Hannity says, at the same time, that's what President Barack Obama said whenever, I believe it was just a week or so ago, um, whenever he was campaigning for Hillary Clinton. If you don't vote for Hillary Clinton, and if you go out and vote for Donald Trump, or I mean uh, uh, Gary Johnson, if you go out and vote for Gary Johnson, then you are in fact giving your vote to Donald Trump. They're scared. They are utterly scared. Because they know they haven't earned your vote. It's not on you to vote for Donald Trump, Donald Trump just to stop Hillary Clinton. That's on Donald Trump. And if he doesn't earn that, then the Republicans are at fault. Because they went up there and selected a nominee that they knew all these never-Trumpers were never Trump. Don't blame us. We told you from the very beginning, last August, we told you 
We're never voting for this guy. This guy has fascist tendencies. He's certainly an authoritarian. And we're never voting for this guy. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to go out and vote for Hillary Clinton, but don't expect our help whenever this guy's the Republican nominee and you're hurting because he's a moron and you're hurting for votes. Don't blame us. This is all on you. You asked for it. We told you to pick somebody else. You asked for it. Likewise, on Hillary's side, can you imagine if Bernie was the nominee? Bernie Sanders, I think, is is slimy, is not authentic, but can you imagine if Bernie Sanders were the Democratic nominee? Donald Trump would be crushed, no question. But guess what? A lot of Bernie supporters told the DNC the exact same thing that that never Trumpers told the RNC. Don't come to us if Donald Trump <laughs> the the moron that is Donald Trump gets the Republican nominee and you pick Hillary Clinton over Bernie. Don't come to us. Don't point your fingers at us. This is your fault. Cuz we we're telling you this woman is a criminal, she's a crony, she takes money from, from Wall Street, from Goldman Sachs, from Big Oil. We're never putting our name beside hers. So if you really want to win this, go with this guy. But no, that's not, that's not what either of them did. This is purely the fault of the parties. And both major parties. And I think it is so amusing that they are hurting right now. That they are hurting so badly that they actually want to put shame upon you. There's a quote that I recall. Um, it's from Charles Sumner. And if you don't know who that is, we'll, we'll probably be doing an episode on him sometime in the future but uh, if you don't know who that is look him up He's the story of him is it's incredible um, but Charles Sumner who was a congressman in uh, during the Civil War said I am a slave only to principle I call no party master he was a very strong abolitionist he didn't care if it was the Republicans saying it or the Democrats saying it. It was all about principle. That is the mindset that we must have moving forward. We must be willing to tell the GOP or the DNC, whether you're Republican or a Democrat listening to this, or quite honestly, uh, the LP, the Libertarian Party. If you don't put somebody up that is going to accurately represent limits of government or accurately represent libertarianism or accurately represent uh, anti-cronyism, then we're not voting for them. We don't care if you lose. We don't care if you win. 
If you win, great. If not, too bad for you. If you want our help, you'll put somebody up that accurately represents who we are. It's about principle. Once we begin to start doing that, and once the DNC and the RNC and the LP, quite honestly, um, starts looking around and says, guys, we need this. We need this group of, of individuals. They'll move first, trust me. Because they're not bound to principle. They they don't actually believe in these guys. They the 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 guys that they um, that they have propped up, they just want to win. So when they start losing a few and they start seeing that people like you are not going to support their candidate that they picked for you, the audacity. When they start seeing that, things will change. Things will change. But until you make a bold stance for principle above partisanship, until you make that kind of a bold stance, then it's just going to be business as usual. You see, Republicans thought that they were making a bold stance whenever, uh, or at least, you know, the more Tea Party-oriented Republicans, not completely Tea Party, um, though there are some Tea Party individuals that are putting their support behind Donald Trump, and that makes sense to a certain degree, because I think the Tea Party kind of broke off into little little fractions, and part of the, the little fraction that broke off was... The, the Trump fraction. And they thought they were sticking it to the GOP, sticking it to the party, sticking it to Washington, when in fact, this guy embodies everything wrong with that, except he's just not from Washington. That's the only difference. He actually was the one who was doing the buying and selling of politicians instead of being the politician that was bought and sold. They thought that they were changing everything, but in fact, they were solidifying the system in concrete. It can still be undone. I believe that. But we must be men and women willing to say, you know what? I'm not afraid to lose because I'm taking control of my own life. My life is not dictated from Washington. So if you want my support, I'm going to live like a free man or a free woman. I am going to live free. So if you want my support and you want my help to send somebody to Washington, D.C. to represent me, whether it's on the congressional level, the senatorial level, or the presidential level, if you want my support, then you're going to have to put up somebody who actually believes in the ideas and philosophies that our founding fathers believed in. You are going to actually have to prop up and prep somebody who actually believes in liberty, who actually stands for something, because I am not going to vote just for party anymore. When we get hundreds and hundreds of thousands upon thousands 
of people doing that very thing, saying you are not going to get our vote any longer unless you put somebody up there that we believe in. Once you start doing that, things will change. Things will change. It may take a little while, but things will change. That's our show for this week. Um, be sure to tune in next week. I think I want to do... Uh, we're we're going to be changing up the format a little bit. And I think I want to do a, uh, a panel show on the second presidential debate. But we'll see about that. Um, that's why you need to follow us on Twitter, at Mill Liberty. And follow me personally, at Caleb Franz. So you will never miss an update. And be sure to subscribe so you will get these episodes as soon as they are uploaded. Until next time, be good, be safe, and fight on.